Hey friends, welcome back to the Live With Audacity podcast. You're listening to episode number 52. Today's episode is so life-giving. I had the pleasure of laughing hysterically with comedian Wendy Mayberry, single mama who lives down the street from her parents, and we get to talk all about how she had the audacity to get into comedy, how she lost 160 pounds, raising kids through a pandemic, and my favorite subject ever, living authentically into who you really are in order to serve your true purpose. Who's up for it? Wendy grew up all over the U.S. as a military brat, which means she learned to make friends fast because in two weeks, she was probably moving. This helped her develop the warm, friendly style she's used to entertain audiences all over the country for the last seven years. She signed with Stand Up Records, and her first album, She's Not From Around Here, was released on June 26, 2020. Go grab it right now on iTunes or Amazon. Wendy is also the producer of Day Drinking with Mom, a show that offers comedy, sympathy, and some drinks to help moms relax and enjoy the roller coaster of parenting. So come take this wild ride with Wendy and I while we explore all the intricacies of life together. listening to the Live with Audacity podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Stewart. Audacity is defined by Merriam-Webster as intrepid boldness or disregard for normal constraints. And that's exactly what we have here. The Live with Audacity podcast is aimed at giving you the courage to explore your someday dreams, do things your way, and start making things happen in your life right now. I'm a mom of four kiddos, ranging from college student to kindergartner, wife to a high school football and track coach, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Together with my guests, we're going to teach you how to live with audacity and intentionality, discover and utilize your unique skills and talents, and step into who you are meant to be in order to make your someday dreams a reality. Are you ready? Here we go. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Live with Audacity podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because I get the pleasure of speaking with Wendy Mayberry, and she is a comedian, which is so exciting and so fun. And she um, she has her own uh, stand up album, and mm-hmm. also is the producer of a show called Day Drinking with Mom, which, by the way, that sounds like my ideal show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we were just, right before I started recording, talking about our kids and the silly things that they do, like scare us at night and, yes. you know, things like that. And so um, we have so much in common, and I'm excited to talk to you about all the things. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so psyched to be here. I was really excited to get to come. I am so excited to have you. I um, I want you to tell us a little bit about how you got into comedy in the first place and kind of started to realize you were funny and then how you have incorporated that into your business. 
Sure, absolutely. So um, I actually am from the South. I'm a military brat. I was made in Japan, lived all over the US. I was made in Japan. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Like all good electronics. Um, And uh, I lived in Virginia for a long time. I moved to Georgia. I lived in Germany. I lived in uh, London. That's not true. I lived in New York and LA. LA was what was trying to come out of my mouth. And um, I'd love to have lived in London. That would have been fantastic. That would have been so um, fun. It would have been amazing. Um, And then I lived on a boat for a while. It's really nuts. And I always, I, you know, when you're a kid in school, and this is why I was so excited to talk to you about like using your natural gifts and stuff. I've always been so chatty and always been super interested in everyone's mood. Like, is everyone okay? Is everyone happy? Can we make everyone happier? Like that's just been a constant life thing. And um, no one ever said to me, Hey, you're really funny. You should be a comedian or Hey, let's find a job where you talk for a living. Like, they were all just like, yeah, they were all just like, shh, be quiet, be smaller, you know, shush, like read more. Oh, so. girl, yes, yes. Yeah. And every year, every every report card you had on your report card talks too much, yes. doesn't use time yes. wisely. This yeah, is yeah, with yeah. her neighbors. <laughs> Yes, visits with her neighbors is a big one. I'm like, well, duh. And then the rest of your life, they're like, be neighborly. I'm like, I was always neighborly. Why'd y'all hate me for that? Anyway. Right? So uh, it was it out of me. <laughs> I know. So in college, I actually went to school to be a teacher because I knew that teachers got to talk in front of audiences every day. That was the part <laughs> I was excited about. Not the education part, the, oh, I get to be in front of a crowd all day. <laughs> I'll be oh a teacher. God. So, uh, I went to school for that. And then I discovered I'd always liked photography. And this is back when photography was actually hard. Like you had rolls of film. I'm, I'm a boomer. And you either got it or you didn't. It wasn't like digital. We had a thousand tries. And so I actually went back to photography school. And then after photography school, moved to New York and worked for like this really famous photographer that I admired. Actually, I honestly, Melissa, I found her work when I was in second grade. My parents got me a photography book and this lady's images were in it. And I loved them when I was eight years old. Yep. And then I got the opportunity to work with her um, in New York City as an intern for two years. It was incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that it was so incredible. Neat. It is. I always love the way when people talk about their life and how seeds are planted really early and then they just sort of flourish into something later if you let them. And so yeah. that was one. And so I became a photographer, and which is also really training for comedy because you meet someone and I have to make you relax right away to get a good picture of you. So that skill of like disarming people was something Ooh. that I got to practice in photography way before I ever thought about being a comedian. So then I lived, I lived in New York and then after 9-11, um, I moved to LA and did more photography work out there. And then I got a job shooting ad for Target and they're based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And mm-hmm. so I moved to Minneapolis and I moved in September and I don't know, um, I don't know, Melissa, where do you live in the country again? I am in Houston. Houston, Houston okay, so it's always hot. You're good then. Always okay. Hot. So yeah. So you're a Southern girl. You get it. And um, so I moved up to Minneapolis and it, the first year I moved here, the actual temperature one time was negative 25. I'm like, what? That's oh. an actual and I remember freezing is 32, so that's 50 degrees below freezing. Like that's guys, guys, this is crazy because if it was 28 degrees, basically in Texas, we would stay you lose your mind. school. Yeah, you get out of school. Do you know what? The kids here get to play outside until it's 10. If it's 10 degrees outside, they still play outside. Oh my it's, word. That's so I know. Bad. Anyway, but so I moved here and I just didn't have any friends and I was having the hardest time meeting people. And I thought, I'm going to, people had always told me I was funny 
when I was in LA and New York, because I dealt with a lot of actors and comedians, they were like, oh, you're really, you do like these little stories or like bits. And I'm like, whatever, I'm a photographer. And so I thought, well, <laughs> I don't know anyone in this town. Let's just try it. So I was 35. Is that true? Yeah. 35. The first time I got on stage, um, I was older. And so I just, that's another encouragement. If you are in the middle of your life and you feel like I, I hear 20 year olds sometimes say, I'm so late. I missed the window. I'm too old. I'm like, what? Dude. You're in your 20s. Like, relax. Don't fret. Anyway. Well, so what's I, crazy about that real fast is that yeah. in my 20s, I was like, I'm not old enough to do anything big yeah. or do what I really want to do. And now that I'm in my late 30s, I'm like, son of a gun. I I missed the boat. <laughs> like, I'm oh, so everyone. Late to the party. Yeah, no, you just, it's, it's only a race with yourself, but you always, it's so funny because I had that feeling too. And I look at these people now, these online influencers are like, well, at 24, I built my empire. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> at 24? Oh my God. I know. I, yeah. You're like, I'm 28 I, years old and I wrote my first book and I did all these things. I'm like, dude, I was still trying to get my crap together at 28. Oh my gosh. I get my credit score up. What are you guys doing right now? <laughs> And they're like, I have a million followers on TikTok. I'm like, ah, oh, I had Thanks a with education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that phone where you had to hit each letter four times in order to make the right yeah. letter. <laughs> like that's what texting was when I was your age, but okay. You, you Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You're like, you have so, it so easy. <laughs> I know. It's just a different world. Although I will say that I think the self-esteem part is much harder. Because sure. when I you weren't on stage as much. You could do stupid crap and no one would notice. I mean, I would make crazy mistakes or say weird things to guys that I'm so glad they don't (laughs) live on the internet forever, you know, just like, Oh my God, I love that. Oh, dramatic crap where you drive to someone's house and your outside is, you know, you watch say anything. So all of a sudden you've got a boom box above your head. It's just not the same when you're not John Cusack. Anyway, it's a little psycho when you're a chick. <laughs> so, so where were we? Okay. We're in New York. 9-11 happens. I moved to LA, moved to Minneapolis. I try to stay in comedy. And the first time I got off stage, a lady came up to me and said, would you do my house party? I'll pay you 250 bucks to come do comedy at my house, which is... By the way, any comedian will tell you, oh, horrible, horrible idea because it's oh, not a comedy okay. club. You're in someone's house like, right. and there's no microphone. It's just like, who invited this weird girl that's standing up and joking right now? Like, nobody yeah. nobody wants that. Um, but I did. I did it. I got the 250. I was so excited. I thought, wow, this is <laughs> money. And in stand-up, you get paid to try. You don't even have to win, you know? Like right. just standing up, they pay you. Like that's such a great gig. Most places yeah. you have to produce something. So anyway, so I started doing stand-up and I just really loved it. And I found that all of my natural won't shut up, likes other people, not afraid of the stage, disarms and all that stuff was like made for stand-up. And that's just one of those careers that nobody ever tells you that you can do. It's such a strange deal. You know what I mean? It's like way yes. out in the universe. Yeah. So I did that. And then um, the record, I have an album coming out in June 26th and it's already hit number one on Amazon, which is awesome. But I'm hoping to hit number one on iTunes because that's what actually makes a big difference in getting people to pay attention to you. Yeah. Um, so if you're an Apple user, I would love it if you would uh, download it. But um, it comes out June 26th and that's been a couple of years in the making and it's just been really exciting. And I've just been writing new jokes. So I started stand up. I actually, I think I've told you, I weighed 310 pounds and I was single and then I lost 160 pounds and made a baby. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. 
Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so fantastic. I, yeah, <laughs> when we were talking, oh, um, I saw that you had lost 160 pounds and I asked, you know, what was his name? Because That was so funny. Um, uh, well, just because, you know, most people when they, they've lost that much weight, that is like a whole person. That's, yeah, you know, insane. sometimes a person and a half. And um, so that's so incredible. Tell us a little bit about how you did that and how did, did comedy play a role in that at all? Or, you know, it's funny because I, so when you put stuff on the internet, you become super conscious about the things about yourself that might not fall into societal norms, right? So yeah. I have always been really friendly and really nice. And I always had friends around me that were really friendly and really nice. And there were people who probably had nothing to do with me that didn't like fat people. And they just probably stayed away from me because like, oh, fat girl, I'm out, right? Yeah. So I didn't even notice that they were missing in my life. And then when you go on the internet, and then everyone has a chance to go, ooh, <laughs> oh my God, what is that about? You know, then it becomes a little bit more. I actually remember feeling like, oh God, this is worse than middle school. This is being bullied online is way worse than anything that happened to me in school because there's so many of them. And people are so brave when they're behind their keyboard and they don't know you. Yeah. And they can't talk to you. They're not having conversation. They're just crapping on stuff. And so I had another um, friend of mine who's a really great actor say to me, you know, people on the internet that are hating or criticizing stuff aren't creating anything. Like people who are creating are busy creating. People who are out there crapping on stuff have nothing to do but to crap on other people's stuff. So don't, who cares what they think, you know? Right. But um, I was, I I did get a lot of, by the way, what'd you say? I said, I completely agree, by the way. I I do too. And once you think of it that way, it becomes really easy to look and say, okay, who who cares? What has this guy made? Because no one who's ever made anything really goes out of their way to squish someone who's trying to make a difference. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you run it. Yeah. Once you've created things, you support other creators because you know how difficult it is to show up. So hard. You know, well, once you do it and you practice a muscle, you'll find you lean into it. But that initial start to believe that you have something important enough to say to say it is such a act of faith in yourself that no one's going to crap on that. Right. Who knows? And if they do, like you said, they're not they're not spending time creating things for themselves and building a better life for themselves. They're just trying to pull everyone else down because they hate that the place they hate the place that they're in in their own life. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. And so, so I, a little bit of that played into it, but actually I went to visit my brother in Switzerland and Switzerland is the skinniest country in the already skinny Europe. And, um, (laughs) I had nowhere to sit. I'm like, holy crap, there's nowhere to sit in this whole country because in America, (laughs) we don't have arms on the chairs anymore. At a lot of places in public, it's there's armless chairs. So you can be as big as you want and flop off the edge. And in Switzerland, right. there's like arms everywhere. And I literally am like sitting on the edge of every chair like, hey, this is not a comfortable sit country for me. <laughs> like, so um, so I Just came back. and the whole country. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the worst. And so I came back and thought, I've got to change something. I mean, I was 30, 30, uh, seven at that point or something. And I had like high blood pressure, high cholesterol and prediabetes. And I'm like, Wendy, you're going to die. Like you got to, and some people can be really big and be healthy actually for a while. Like their genetics don't let them do that. But clearly my genetics were like, you're on a bad path. So, um, I, I started getting up every day and walking, um, four to six miles or six to 10 by the end, I think, and eating 1200 calories, which sucks. Sucks. 
um, <laughs> sucks. Anyway, there's nothing good to say about that. And, yeah, <laughs> and no, I it just, sucks. It sucks. That's just it. I mean, he always like, oh, it's going to feel great. Like, he always say, lose weight. You're going to feel good. I'm like, no, I'm hungry and angry most of the time. Like, I'm, I don't feel great. I feel aggravated that people eat donuts don't have pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks that my genetics are like, we love, we hold on to all the food. Um, and so we anyway, love carbs. <laughs> we love, oh man, I just love me some carbs. This has, has the um, pandemic been hard on you being at home and eating um, or do you not struggle with that? Well, no, I 100% do. And here's the thing. I've always kind of struggled with it in, in, I'm just a foodie, man. Like I want carbs and I want cheese and I want butter and I want bread and I want dessert and I want it all. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And some people are like, have you ever met people who are like, oh, I'm so stressed out. I forgot to eat. Who are you? (laughs) Like, Who does that? Like I have actually been there before, Um, but uh, it was, you know, I would rather, I would so much rather drive to Chick-fil-A and get some lunch than forget to eat. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like, you know, those, those cows need your support. Um, anyway, (laughs) eat more chicken, baby. So yes, I lost 70 pounds that way. And then I actually had a weight loss surgery because I had already in my life lost 80, gained back 120, lost 70, gained back 90. Every time I would lose, I would gain back more. So I had a weight loss surgery that I for me was a fantastic solution. People, um, I would encourage you to, and your listeners, if you have someone in your life struggling with weight issues or any health issues and the doctor advises them to, to take a course of action, um, don't armchair Google doctor them, but like, let them believe in their medical team. Like, so that I would tell yeah. you. Like, I had people tell me all the time, Oh, don't, don't have a weight loss surgery. Cause you're going to like lose all your hair and look old and tired. and It's not going to work. And it's like, well, lost 160 pounds. And that was, that was in 2012 that I lost all the weight. I've had wow. a baby since then. Um, my life is great. So <laughs> you can take your essential oils and I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sniff them someplace else. Anyway, so I would just—I I always feel like doctors who I, I the one dangerous thing or not one dangerous thing, but thinking about Facebook now with moms too is like somehow we have stopped trusting experts or stopped believing in them. And I think a lot of people who have spent their whole life studying are do have your best interests in mind. Like you may not agree with them, and you've absolutely that right. But I think just saying yeah. that all doctors are evil come on, that guy spent a lot of time or woman in school to learn how to treat you. They're probably, they took a Hippocratic oath. They probably want you to live. Like, you anyway. know, fingers crossed. Hope, hopefully fingers that's crossed. <laughs> Well, I do have a theory about that. Too. I'm, so after being in the military, I was a military brat, right? And you always get whatever doctor they assign you. So I am super picky now that I'm a consumer of, of exactly. medical care. So I only go to doctors that I trust. And then I go, okay, you're in the team. And it was really funny because my OBGYN said to me one time, I feel like I'm in a job interview. I'm like, you should feel that way. You should feel that way. Yeah, you shouldn't just walk in yeah. here and ex- yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm spending money on you and you're providing a service to me. This is not a favor. So yeah, I need, yeah. To, I need to feel like you're responsive to me. So I am real picky about that. But once I find my people, I go, all right, I'm going to go down the road with you and, uh, and trust what you're telling me or, or find another physician, you know, but anyway, that's right. a long no, thing. I love that you pointed that out though, because you know, you and I can sit here all day and be like, you know, you can trust doctors, but yeah. most people have had the experience where they 
couldn't really trust their doctor or their doctor, yes, or, you wrong. know, wasn't on their side or whatever. And so, um, so yeah, it's super, super, super important to make sure that you, yeah, if you got to interview them, then interview them. Like, like just do what's right for you. You're your own best yes. advocate. No yes. one else is going to do it for you. Literally for sure. No and you need to, I always, one of the best things I ever heard was, and I don't know if it was an Oprah. Don't you, do you miss Oprah, by the way? I really miss her. I really do. I got to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I want to have my own show just like that. Yes, that would be amazing. But I, I miss her. She was kind of in my formative years. You know, she was on in the afternoon telling you, like, believe in yourself and listen to your body and don't trust, you know, trust your instincts and really great messages that came from Oprah. But um, one time I remember it's either her or Martha Beck in the O Magazine had said, like, talk to yourself as you would talk to a beloved child. So, like, if somebody was going to – if a doctor was treating your baby wrong, wouldn't you be like, nope? And you would be, you'd be, but if someone treats you that way, then treat, then you also advocate for yourself the same way you would advocate for a little sweet child. And I think women don't do that enough. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just pretend to be, it's weird. It's almost like being your own mom. Like, nope, no one gets to treat Wendy that way. We're moving on to a different doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So funny. I actually had a um, podcast interview with my friend, Justine Beauregard and um, she has a gap in her front teeth. And she said that she finally had to learn like to love herself as much as she loves her kids. And so this is a perfect analogy for that is like, love yourself as much as you love your kids. You would never let someone, you know, treat your child in a negative way or not listen or, you know, not be attentive, like do that for yourself too. And that's kind of what live with audacity is about is, you know, sticking up for yourself and speaking up because you are your own best hero, right? Is, and, and being that person for yourself. Well, you know, it's that put on your own oxygen mask thing, which everyone kind of laughs about, but it's so true. It's like, if you, if you're not there, this is something I've been struggling with recently. That's that change of being a mom. Cause there's things I would have done as a single person, putting myself more at risk. And now that I'm my son's only person, well, he has my, you know, other people in his life, but I'm the mom. I'm like, yeah, you gotta, you're Grayson's person. He's only six. So you've got to at least get him to an age where he can fend for himself. And that's not, now. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like he needs to have a mom longer. So anyway, that sounds maybe weird. at eight, maybe at eight, yeah, you'll be like, eight, okay, eight, now eight, I can, eight. you're on yeah. your own. Boo. <laughs> you're on your own boo. Good luck there, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, that's a big, long story. I think, wait, I, Melissa, I could, I feel like I could talk to you forever, which is a great sign we of a can, good host. And we will. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, you said that you lived a block away from your parents, which is so yeah. hilarious to me because I literally have lived a block away from my essentially a block ish away from my mom and and well my parents for most of my life so it's hilarious that you said that and I want you to t- I want you to <laughs> unpack that a little bit how did that happen uh oh what gosh. do you love about it what do you hate about <laughs> it <laughs> all the so things I I, you know, so my parents lived in Georgia and then they moved to Florida and then I lived in Minneapolis, right? And so it's like, okay, I'm geographically as far away state-wise as I can get from you and not be in Canada. I felt like maybe yeah. that was a 
a thing that I was saying. <laughs> anyway, like, mm-hmm. and they they just missed my 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 son. They were like, "We want to be around our grandson." So they were visiting me, and then unbeknownst to me, took a walk and bought a house on the walk. Which who buys? Who does that? Retirees can do that. That's who retirees from the military. Uh, they were very cheap while they were growing. Well, no toys for me, but now we can buy a house. I guess. Anyway, yeah, right so, down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So they literally bought it a block away. You can't see it from my house, which is a blessing because I can't see who's there, if I'm there or whatever, but they are a block away. So it's great because Grayson can run back and forth to their house, which I really love. It's weird because my brother who lived in Switzerland, your mom has no idea if he's coming or going, but she'll say, are you left the club yet? Are you on your way home? Are you still doing comedy? When are you going to get, Oh my gosh, the weather's terrible. It's icy outside. Are you sure you should like, Oh, ah." so that's the part that I, I have a hard time with. I'm like, I think my mom thinks I would forget to breathe if I didn't, if she didn't remind me, (laughs) you know, if she wasn't there going inhale baby, then I'd probably just be fired. (laughs) So, oh my god, so funny. Is your um is she like that with your son? Uh, you know, I maybe she worries too much about him. So she my son, okay, let's talk about the pandemic. Uh, I am not, I had this illusion, right. That I was going to be this mom that could like bake bread and cut my garden and homeschool. And just, if I had just found my (laughs) husband, I would be this like super Zen, the kind of Utah mom that like, you know, you see in the blogs, that would have been me. Um, no, of course. Yes. Yeah. No, that was not, (laughs) I am am a mom that has a job. Um, so now that I've been homeschooling, I suck at it and I feel like my son will never take school seriously again. First of all, he has to work again. (laughs) In three months, I don't know that he'll ever be able. Like I, they're gonna say this will go on your permanent record. And he'll go, oh yeah, who cares? There is no permanent record. Are you gonna go send me home to mom school where the teacher <laughs> drinks at noon and she passes me anyway because she's not doing kindergarten again next year? Like, oh my like, god, girl, yes, yeah, all of yeah. it, yes. Uh-huh. So there. So she's very worried about that. She's very like, I don't. He's gonna fall behind. I'm like, he's in kindergarten. He will get the color blue. It's going to be okay. Like, it's gonna be fine. Oh my God, mom. Or so that's you could just send him down there for, for homeschool and then she can send him I back after that. school is over. <laughs> See, I tried that because first when the, when the pandemic started, I didn't let them, let him go down there because I didn't want him to get them sick. And then after like six weeks or five weeks of her complaining that I wasn't doing a good job and I felt like we had been isolated long enough, I'm like, fine, you can have him. And then she says to me, it's so hard to get him to do anything. I'm like, yeah, and you're not trying to keep no a job. kidding. <laughs> Hello, it's not easy. So I've just, you know what, I feel like the entire world is calling the last six months a wash as far as education goes. And we're going to just, I'm not going to, I don't have the energy to worry that to death. No, right. And like you said, he's going to get the color blue, right? Like it's going to be fine. If he can read, you know, excuse me, if he can read most of the, um, what do they call them? Sight words and, you know, knows how to count. He's good to go. He's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, my I talked to the principal and the principal's like, we've got this. We'll catch him up next year. Don't stress. Just don't don't yeah. start hating each other and get into it. Because I found myself being like the tension. I don't know how it was in your house, but the tension over you're supposed to do this. I know. Like it was we were having it was going to end up badly. Yeah. My five year old, who is also in kindergarten. 
Mm-hmm. She so my husband is a teacher, um, and so some days he would we have a camper, and he would go out to the camper and he would work with her, and she would be great and she would be fine and like life was good, like okay they'd be back in forty five minutes. Okay, mom, we're done with school for the day. I'm like, dang, that's so incredible. I would sit down with her and we would sit there for an hour and a half, and she'd end up in tears. And I'm like, I am so glad I did not become a teacher because this is. Horrible. You know, I, I wonder it. if it's the mom and daughter thing, though, because I always feel like there's some weird tension with mothers and daughters that somehow dads, like when your dad tells you, you're like, oh, all right. When your mom tells you, you're like, hey. and I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, I, I wonder if that's it. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But it's funny because she's like, she is like the sun shining on my life like she is my best little friend built in i birthed my best friend it's the greatest thing in the whole wide world you know what i i love that you say that and i feel that way about my son too and i almost this is that one thing about women i think is tough right so whenever we have problems we'll say like oh you know my i have this terrible rash everyone jumps in like oh no (laughs) right but when you sit back and say oh my god i'm so blessed that my husband is not a jerk like i married a great guy and my kids are amazing like oh wish my husband was a jerk wish my kid i feel like sometimes when we say happy things they don't get received yeah and the same So I love that you say that about your daughter, that she's sunshine, because I feel guilty slightly about the fact that my son was either born with a computer chip that I had. I first thought I just adore him, (laughs) but he was born with like an easy chip. He's, I don't know that I did anything to make him this way, but he is literally, we didn't have terrible twos. We didn't have crappy threes. We're now six and I freaking love him. He's hilarious. I, I, yeah. And I think what it may be for me. Go ahead. It was, it was late. No, no, no. You go ahead. I think it's because yeah, I had him when I was 40 and I didn't think I was going to be a mom. So it changes a lot how you feel about like, hey, this and is everything becomes way more precious. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. And so I, the only reason I ever kind of feel guilty about saying stuff like that is people like to be like, oh, so you don't love your other kids as much. And no, that's not true. Uh, I do. Of course. Of course I do. But like, I don't know, she's just snugglier and cuddlier and overall more joyful and happy. And it might just be because she's still little. I don't know. But um, she's just always been like that. And she has always gravitated toward me and and made me feel like she needed me too. And the boys could like they're fine on their own, right? Like they'll go play and they'll entertain themselves. And she is too, but like, I don't know. She just makes me feel needed more. Um, and I oh. think maybe that's part of it too. Maybe it is. I do. You know, they say you're uh, one of this lady that I truly love online and I've been reading more and more of her stuff's named Byron Katie. She talks about the best teachers are the ones that you live with. Like you get the people in your life that teach you this stuff are in your home a lot. And, yeah. um, yeah, maybe that just, I think that's so clever that you're looking at it that way. And maybe you just need, had that hole of needing to feel needed or wanted to feel like you had a buddy in the house or, um, yeah. I love that my son has the same, my son and I are super extroverted and we love people and that I'm grateful for. Cause I drag him around all the time. <laughs> he doesn't care. You know, he can go anywhere and meet anybody and be like, Hey, and they all think he's adorable. And so it would be really hard if he were a kid who hated people. Cause I right. don't like to be home, you know? 
I know. Well, and you know what's so funny is I just had a <laughs> I just had a flash forward like one of these days you guys are just going to be out there meeting people and doing comedy <laughs> for people and just like just like be people on the street. That'd be hilarious. I think we have thought about, you know, with day drinking. So I have a monthly show called day drinking with mom, which now is online. And which is interesting because we were very nervous about pivoting to online, which we did after COVID-19, but actually it's awesome because anyone can watch the show now and you don't have to go to the club. And so I feel like it opens up this whole world to people who can enjoy. And I, I've always found comedians that I love and that are um, moms and dads. And so the jokes are either about being a mom or about your mom. So everyone can do it. You don't have to be a female comedian. And we always do a really good job of getting a lot of diversity in our lineup. And I'm just super psyched to be able to bring more people to see these kind of great comics that don't get enough airplay. So um, we've talked about doing a kid version, like having um, comedians be able to have their kids tell one or two jokes. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. That's so cool. Here's the thing. Kids say the darndest things, right? Like we all know that. We all know that. Kids are hysterical. Oh, my God. Um, I I would so love that. Oh, please do it. I think we'll I think we'll do it. We have our, our next show is Father's Day on June nineteenth, and um, if you if you want to if you're interested, it's called Day Drinking with Mom, and it's on Facebook. You can find us. We have a group called Day Drinking with Mom, the Daily Dose, where you get daily dose of funny, and then we have our regular show where we um, and we're selling tickets are just five dollars, and then all the money. And the great thing too, actually, and I hate to say this because I'm I've always been grateful to clubs to host us, but not having a club means that we get to keep the money, which is awesome. Because <laughs> whenever right. you have it in a club, you've obviously got to give part of the club part of the door because they do all the, you know, all the things. So that part's actually been a really great thing for comedians because we're all terribly out of work at the moment because you can't have an audience. And so it actually helps everyone kind of like, oh, help people get acquainted with them on social media and then follow you and then get to pay you a little bit and get to hear some of your funny when we weren't coming to your town. So anyway, I'm hoping that, that, yeah, it helps us pivot. Definitely. And I think too, right, people are realizing like, Oh, there's so many things that we actually can do online. We're just so conditioned to, which is fine. Like it's going to, we're going to get to do that again, again, eventually, fingers crossed, I hope. Um, And, you know, we're going to, people like you and I who are extroverts, we miss people and want to be around them and all those things. But also we can do stuff online and, and it opens up, opens us up to larger audiences that don't have to be right there in the room with us. I love that. Yes. I, uh, I think that's a thing. And I think the other part is I've been curious, you know, for years, people that have disabilities have said, Hey, can you make accommodations for me? And it's always been, no, if you're not in this office, you can't do this thing. And now I love that so many jobs have realized, Oh, we can have people who are productive remote, which opens up possibilities for people who, um, had mobility issues or have issues with time of day, they can work and all kinds of stuff like that. And they can probably get more gainful employment. I know, for example, um, in a job that I had, we had a, a lady have gave birth to twins and she was a writer and she said, can I work from home? And the company said, no. And, and you're like, um, but it's writing. 
I'm just going to do it right? on my computer anyway. Could have done it completely around her twin schedule. And we would have been able to keep that mother employed. And instead, that's kind of stuff makes me crazy. And so now I'm hoping with COVID-19 that companies will start to look at it a little more creatively and go, okay, this person has chronic fatigue syndrome, which means it is hard. They can't sit at a desk for eight hours in a row, but I can still right. get eight hours of work out of them if we're cool with spacing it through the day and then being yeah. a little more patient, we can, we can use them. And that maybe opens up possibilities for people in our community in a way that we hadn't thought of before. I'm, I'm really hoping that ends up being the case. Yeah, I love that you pointed that out. I actually had the same, a similar experience. <clears throat> I um, I worked for a, a great company, and but it was um, it was very far. It was like thirty seven miles from my house, um, and I live in Houston. So that thirty seven miles, it as long as I left by six in the morning, I could get there in an hour. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, so um, I would leave at four, and it would take me an hour and a half to two hours to get home, get my child and get him to his, um, after, sorry, his, um, extracurricular. And I'm like, dude, I'm spending over three hours a day in the car. I'm completely exhausted. We don't until 830 or nine o'clock at night. You know, we got to eat, we got to go to bed and I wake up and I do it all over again tomorrow. And I'm just worn slapped out. I work on the computer all day long. There's no reason I can't do this from home. So I asked, Hey, can I do this from home? Maybe even just part time. And I had two bosses at the time. One was, um, here in Houston with me in my office. And he was like, yeah, that sounds great. I, you know, but just make sure you get it cleared by the other boss. Well, my other boss was remote from me. She was in Dallas. Um, and so I was already remote to her and the rest of our team, that part, that part of my job. Um, and I asked her and she was like, yeah, no. And I'm like, but I'm not, even though remote. she's remote, even though she's remote, that's rich. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, sh- I say she was remote. She, she worked in the office in, um, in Dallas. Oh, okay. So I was remote to them essentially. And I was like, but I'm already remote. You already don't see me. So I don't uh. get it. I don't understand. And so that was that. And so here we are. I Now I have a podcast and I work from home and it's fantastic. So you it know, all works out in the end. <laughs> it does. It does work out in the end. And I do think like we, we end up, I, I love that you've, said that I by the way I never understood road rage until I was trying to pick up my kid from daycare and it's a dollar <laughs> right? when you're late and oh I, I remember when I was thinking like why is everyone upset and now I'm like we'll all get there I know I used to always wonder like why people were so wigged out and then when you have babies you think because nothing feels jerkier than being the last parent to pick up their kid from childcare, and, and you're and doing it late Yes. And the lights are off in all the other rooms, except the one teacher staying with your kid who's like, I think my mom's coming. And you're like, ah. So I am like you. I am trying desperately to figure out. um, Well, it's not so desperate. I mean, I have ways to do it now, but I've actually, (laughs) comedy is happening. And then I actually am also writing a course. You know, I shot ad for Target for years as a photographer for 20 years. And I'm um, I'm writing a Thanks. I loved it. I'm writing a book on how to photograph your kids with your cell phone because there's all these um, courses out there about how to photograph your kids with really nice cameras, but the best camera is the one you have on you. And it's Absolutely. like, yeah. And I'm sort of obsessed as in a lifetime, you know, you have these themes in your life that come over and over to you. And one of the biggest themes that has come to me is, you know, you, 
there's a story you tell yourself and the adults in your life kind of tell that story for you when you're a kid. And part of the way they do that is from photos. You know, if you have a photo of you screaming as a baby, like, oh, all you did was cry, you know, or are you laughing? Oh, you had the cutest smile. (laughs) Right. And yeah. And I just think that like, we can look at our children differently. So like, for me, I was always, again, we talked about the report card, chatty, whatever, instead of something like, oh my gosh, she wants to be a performer. Let's get her on a stage. Right. Yes. Thank you. Oh, that would be so nice if we could alter the comments. Yeah. <laughs> the narrative, just a narrative about our kids and about ourselves too. So for example, the gentleman that I'm dating is a very logical thinker. So you could look at it and say, he's a cold fish. He's unemotional. He's removed. Or you could look at him and say, um, this is how I just prefer to see it because it makes me like him more is he's super analytical. He's got great brain power skills. He's very focused. And so I just know that if I'm going to go, if I'm looking for warm bread, I'm not going to the hardware store. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. so whenever I, yeah, whenever I want to know what he's, I want to feel connected to him. I actually say, I'm feeling really disconnected from you. Cause he knows I'm a big feeler and then it's yeah. logical. Oh, Wendy is disconnected. I should increase our connection by applying the following three things. She's told me she enjoys calling her by a nickname, making a small joke, physical touch. I'm not even <laughs> kidding, but he'll do like it. It's a blueprint like yes, instruction yes. sheet for Wendy. Yeah. yeah. But here's the funny part is I really like him. So I want him to win. So instead of me sitting back going, you should just know how to make me feel better without right. me telling you, I have told him like, Hey dude, when you see that I am upset, here's four things you can do that will probably get me out of my funk or at least yeah. let me know that you're trying. And if I know that you're trying, then I'm going to meet you halfway and we're going to be in a good spot. And so far it's worked really well. Cause then instead I love of, that. yeah, well, and I do that with my kids too. Like I know that Grayson once is like me and gets really worried when he thinks people don't like him. So in order to motivate him, I have to make sure he knows like, Hey, everyone's going to really love this. And Oh, everyone's going to be sad if you don't do this. And that's, that'll get Grayson to do something. If I say it needs oh. to get done, he doesn't care. You know, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't get done. Like, like for, here's a perfect example real fast. The sight words you mentioned. So we yeah. have a kid in Grayson's class. I'm going to use his real name because I'm bragging on him. It's called Odin. Odin has already passed all of his sight words for kindergarten and first grade. And they published it on Facebook. It was like on the Facebook post, like, hey, Odin's already finished his words for kindergarten and first grade. Come on, you guys, you can do it. And for me, that would have been motivating, right? I would have right. been like, I got to catch up. I look at Grace and I said, hey, Odin has already done all of his sight words. And he goes, well, he's really smart. That's that's cool. <laughs> and he's like, so yeah. I'm How's not. Really don't, don't come yeah. at me, girl. Don't come at me. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And so it was really funny because part of me as, an, as a girl who liked to be nerdy and achieve was annoyed. I'm like, I want you to be nerdy and achieve. And I'm like, no, you know what a gift it is to have a kid that's not full of anxiety and stressed out about not achieving? Like yeah. he's then about being where he is. Why don't you let him be okay with that until it's not okay anymore? Why are you trying right. to? Yeah. So I don't know. So I've just, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to mention, you know, we talked a little bit about um, unique gifts and talents and you're, yeah. you're, you're totally zoning in on exactly that with both of the uh, men in your life is that yeah. I need to accept you the way that you are and play to your strengths. Right. And, yeah. and that's what so many people, so many of us don't do that. Right. Like we, you realize I, um, I'm chatty. I like to connect with people. I'm kind of funny. Um, I can disarm people. And then you were like, Oh, duh, comedian. This makes so much sense now. Yes. But if you kept trying to be someone that you weren't right, then yes. you would have never found this and never realized how much you love it. 
Well, I, t- I took an office job entering serial numbers for diesel engines that were being imported into the Western Hemisphere because my parents told me I needed a dependable job when I first got out of college. And every that day- like the worst job of all time. It, it was horrible. It was, you know what? It's great for <laughs> someone who's logical and organized. And I am neither of those things. And every day I would have to, do you know what Emmentrol is? It's like an anti-nausea medication. I would- take a dose of Emmetrol walking to that building every day because I felt like I was going to puke. If you are in a spot where you feel like you're going to puke at work, you're probably at the wrong job. That's your body going, dude, this is not your deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I used to do this speech when I would hire people, I would, or if I have to fire people, I would say, hey, and this is so silly, but it's true. I didn't believe it. I would go, there's a job out there for you where you're going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, I can't wait to do it. And when you arrive, people are going to be like, yes, it's going to be great because they're here, right? This is not that job. So I need to set you free to find where you're supposed to be because it's not here. And that, and in a weird way, that's a gift. Getting it's totally a gift. It is. At the time you feel like, oh man, they don't want me. Well, maybe that's great because the people who will want you will really want you and you got to go where you're really wanted. So if you're right. in some place that you're stuck, get out of there. Life is very short and you spend a lot of time at work. So if you're not in a place that's in your zone of genius or playing to your strengths, you got to find some place, find a way out of there to get to a place where people are going to adore you because it is out there for you. A hundred percent. Totally agree. And two, right? Like if you're stuck there being miserable in this job, you're keeping the person that is meant for that job that would be so happy to show up there and do that job from that job. So yeah, please get out of there for everyone involved. I say that over and over again, because I'm like, you are keeping the person, exactly. You're taking space from someone who would be, would kill to have this job. Yeah, you know, and would be and, awesome at it and not want to, you know, poke not their finger down their throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah be angry or bitter or, or pissy or, in, or aggravated. It's like, so I, anyway, the, the best thing about online, Melissa, and I'm so psyched to have met you online too, is that you can find your people and find your tribe that think like you and enjoy you and value what you have to do and say and offer in the world. And because there's a billion people out there and there's, and they're, your people are out there. You just got to find them. That's the trick, right? But they are there. And if you you don't get you or think you're too, whatever the explicit, you know, whatever superlative is, who cares? Maybe you're not meant to live in that part of Iowa. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Well, it, it's funny too, right? I I keep saying that um, we always think that our tribe is supposed to be the people that are in our t- current town that we live in. But yes. I have not found no. that to be true. <laughs> no, My people are everywhere. Yeah. yeah, if you're lucky, it's great to have a neighbor that's your bestie. That's fantastically wonderful. But like you, I um, have... I've met people from moving all over the U.S. and I have these like besties that sort of stick with me that you, you know, you may not talk on the phone to all the time, but you shoot off a text or shoot off a Facebook message. No matter how time has passed, they don't make you feel guilty for that. They just meet you where you're at and it's like no time has passed. Um, This past year, I do a lot of consulting for companies because if you have to have long trainings, you want to hire comedians because if you have to listen to someone for eight hours, you want to listen to someone entertaining. Yeah. So this past year, I actually did a I launched a program for a big company. I don't know if I'm allowed to say who they are, but um, they sound like um, Unkin Nuts. I was like, <laughs> just kidding. It's a, a donut <laughs> shop. 
Yeah, the place serves okay. coffee. Okay, okay, living okay. on the East Coast. Anyway, <laughs> um, they're great. I actually have to tell you, it's one of the coolest companies I've ever worked with in my whole life. And they were like, hey, we need 12 people just like you to do a show that we're doing for 100 people. And we do it, it's, you know, it's this many hours a day. And I'm like, awesome. And I got to call some of my favorite people from my entire working career and said, hey, do you want to come on an adventure with me? We're going to hit all these different cities doing a show for this company. And we're going to talk about donuts and coffee. And they were like, yeah. And it was the most fun because I got to, I you know, I was traveling on planes. Yeah. And we had just had a great time. And then COVID-19 happened. But anyway. Oh, well, know. you know, what's so it's so funny. We were talking earlier about my voice and I thought, man, I would love to do like trainings or recordings or something yes. like that. How the heck did you get into into consulting and stuff like that with companies? Just so first of all, if you want to do voiceover, which is really a thing people do, there's actually agencies that can help you get voiceover jobs. Um, but what I did was I uh, got hooked up with a company called Market Source that does training for big companies. So they hook up a lot with manufacturers that make stuff but don't know how to sell stuff or train people on how to use stuff. And they design training for that. So that's that's literally so cool. it. And they... Yeah, they hire actors. You know, they, they hire actors all the time to be in those. Hi, and welcome to this video on how not to trip on stuff and fall down at work. <laughs> you know, those people are out there. So, Oh, my God, just, I want to be one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, just all you have to do is start a website that says, like, Melissa Stewart, voiceover actress, and oh have examples. So you do it. And then basically they just hire you, and that's work you can do remotely as well. They send you a script. And you read it into a microphone and they splice it on the video and there you are. So easy. So easy, easy a monkey could do it. <laughs> well, you know what, so the thing that makes it always hard is that it is literally about who you know, obviously. And um, But in order for people to get to know you, you've got to get out there. So I think anyone who wants to do stuff like that, you just put your put on your LinkedIn voiceover actor or, or voiceover available. Put on your website. I do voiceovers. Here's an example. You know, have a portfolio. I was just looking to hire someone to run my social media pages because I have a lot mm -hmm. of them now. And um, I was like, send me a portfolio. And people... I really... If they had just sent me their own Instagram. But I had people send me Instagrams that had like 18 followers and 60 people. I'm like, what? Like, you know, You're so like, mm. yeah, I'm like, uh, I, I think I might've found someone, but if you are that person for me, reach out. But anyway, um, uh, but I, I would just tell you like, you know, do the things you love to do and put it out there and then someone will find you. That's, I think that's the thing. Yes, totally, completely agree. And make sure that you are completely authentic and aligned with what you actually want to be doing. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Stop for the love you. of all Me that is holy. You. Yeah. yeah. Just, just stop forcing stop yourself to do stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. And you know what? The thing I love the most is you can really be you right now. And if this week has taught us anything, it's that um, the world is more open than ever to listening to voices that don't all look the same and don't all sound the same. And just be your like that. Do you know the lady who made the carrot bacon on TikTok? No. Did you see this? No. Oh my gosh. There's this African-American lady with a big afro who's vegan and she goes, do you see carrots or do you see bacon? Let's make some carrot bacon. That's what she said. And she goes oh like, okay, I'm going to shave the bacon like so like that. And she has this like phrases that she says and she goes, this is going to be your concoction to make the bacon. It's the most calming voice I've ever heard. Never heard of the lady. She now has like 3 million TikTok followers. Big old afro voice like that. And that is not the stereotypical waspy person that you see on selling you house cleaner. But now I literally have bought all the things to make carrot bacon from her Amazon affiliate link because I just fell in love with her. 
and I just oh didn't my know gosh, that's so cute. Yes, we, we bought all the that. stuff and made carrot bacon, which was not was even a good? thing. It's delicious. Oh, it's crunchy. It tastes like a barbecue chip. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how have I lived this long without having carrot bacon? But what I'm saying to you is, and maybe when I was a kid, I read that Purpose Driven Life book, you know, by um, Rick, whatever his name is. And he's a pastor, but he talks about, so it has a religious bent, but it talks about how, you know, you are created in this magical alchemy and that's exactly who you're supposed to be. So don't wish that your hair were straighter or curlier or blonder or pinker. I mean, do whatever you have in your head. You can change your hair whatever you want, but don't spend a minute feeling like, oh, you know, I wish my legs were longer, stuff you can't change because all that stuff was, that's how you were put here. And there's a reason and you're the only you. So just lean into being you. And the best thing about if you're a little bit weird is there's a tribe of weirdos out there waiting for you. So just we're you know, all keep weirdos. Doing this cool. Oh, yeah, 100%. Do you think Melissa's normal? Come on. No way. <laughs> I think most people realize that by now. <laughs> no, but I think, uh, I don't know. I just really want, want people to lean into that and then embrace it. Because it felt like, I don't know about you, but I felt often in corporate environments, like I was trying to play a game that I was never going to win because I just was never going to fit into this mold of I'm wearing three inch heels and a pencil skirt and my hair looks great. And my, I go from day to night on the town and now I'm, I'm just not cool. You know, I know, <laughs> you right? Know? Oh my God. I totally felt like that at my company too. I was like, I'm quite a bit older than everyone else here. And I'm just not cool like that. Like, I'm just not cool like that, but that's all right. I'm not. I'm genuine, though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ugly but honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This has been so, so, so much fun for me. I hope that all the listeners are having fun listening to you, and they can't wait to follow you, I'm sure. Um, let's do a quick rapid fire. What is sure. a book, article, person, or talk that's changed your life? Um, and, um, loving what is, it's about falling in love with reality. So instead of wishing your life into someone else, it's falling in love with who you are. Loving what is by Byron Katie. Ooh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, what is your favorite Friday night at home? Oh, Friday night at home. I am a huge Star Wars fan. So I could watch almost any of the Star Wars movies. Well, the prequels are icky, but you know, it's the new ones I love too. Star Wars, uh, with, I like kettle corn. You got to have kettle corn okay. and ginger ale. Kettle corn, ginger ale, and a good movie. I'm good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, my my family could watch Star Wars like twenty four seven. So yeah, um, not me, but but yeah. they could. <laughs> but I reckon that. Um, what was your dream job as a kid? Oh, I used to want to be a um, a zookeeper. We lived in Virginia near the National Zoo, and I really wanted to take care of the pandas. We had Ling Ling and Sing Sing, and I thought if I could just shovel bamboo into those furry little beasts, that would just be the best thing in oh, the world. Oh, that's uh, so or precious. An yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so cute. Um, tell me what your next vacation is that you're planning Oh my gosh, let's just go anywhere right now, right? Doesn't it feel like we'll never get to go anywhere again? Well, we were going to go to, um, my best friend has a cabin in Canada, but the border is closed to Canada, so we can't do that. So Canada is probably going to be the attainable goal. My parents, uh, going down to Florida would be really great to see um, Panama City Beach, where they love. Um, But I really want to get back to Germany. I was an exchange student to Germany when I was 16, and my family still lives over there, and my host mom is still alive, and I would really like to see her again. So. Oh. Oh, that's so fun. Yes, you should totally yeah. do that. 
Um, what is your best advice to help our listeners live with audacity? Uh, if you are uncertain of what your strengths are, ask people that love you. First of all, surround yourself with people who love you and champion you. And then ask one of those close friends of yours, what do they think is the special, unique, or different, or cool about you? And then sit with that for a minute and think about it. Because sometimes you don't see your own magic. You need the people around you to see what is special about you and to help remind you. So, um, And then just cultivate people in your life that are honest with you that want the best thing for you. And when you have those people in your life, you're going to just be in a better spot. So I love that. I love that so much. I think that's really, really valuable because you're right. We don't always, we can't always see um see the good inside of us, right? We're used to beating ourselves up. So I I love that um, you, that you said we could get someone that loves us to tell us about ourselves. I love that. Um, Where can people find you to get more information about you and your album and all the things? Well, I would love it if you did. So um, wendymaybarycomedy.com is where you can read all about the album. It does say explicit. I didn't realize that saying the S word was that bad, and it is. So I'm sorry. I won't do it next time. Anyway, so <laughs> wendymaybarycomedy.com. Don't don't hesitate to download it. I just say the S word and then the B word one time too. Um, and uh, you can go to Facebook. It's Wendy Comedy. Twitter is Wendy May. Instagram is Wendy May. And at Facebook, if you look for Wendy Mayberry, I'm the only one there, I think. And it's B-U-R-Y. But please come be friends. If, if you like this podcast or what I had to say, let me know. I'm sure you know, Melissa, too. You do work in a vacuum sometimes and you wonder, like, did anybody care about that? And um, one of the best things that ever happened was when I was in fourth grade, I read a book it's just like those really goofy dramatic novels you read when you're a little girl. Right. But there was a line in there that said, don't run from pain. It'll make you tough and tender. And it just stick in my, stuck in my brain my whole life. And then I looked up the author the other day on the internet and um, I sent her an email and said, Hey, I just want to let you know when I was like nine years old, I read a book that you wrote and it said this line in it and it has stuck with me my whole life. And she just wrote the nicest email back. She goes, you know, when you're an author, you put stuff in the universe and you never know where it goes. And for you to come back and tell me that that many years ago has just made my day. And it made me feel great too, to know that that mattered to her. So I've been trying really hard when people say things that strike me to just reach out to them and you'll be amazed at how good it feels that connection to say, Hey, you said this and it meant something to me. I bet you you'll hear back. Oh, thank you. Cause, cause you don't hear it enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Yes, yes, yes. You, <laughs> we are surrounded by so much negativity all the time. We sometimes forget like, Hey, I should tell this person that that really touched me. You know, we just take it and then we, we, we hold it to ourselves a lot of times. Um, yeah. so yes, absolutely. Please tell the people that you enjoy, um, that you enjoy them. I, I love that. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I will put all of the links in the show notes, of course. And man, I can't wait to um, talk to you again sometime. This has been so much fun. I know. I'm, I, you know what? I'm so grateful that you made the time because I've loved seeing all the stuff that you put on the internet. And now I feel like I know you even better. And I'm super excited to see what you do next, Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> hey, y'all. I had to jump in here real quick because I need a favor. If you are loving the Live With Audacity podcast, I need you to do me a big, solid favor and share it with your friends, share it on social media, and go to the Apple iTunes link and click subscribe, rate it, review it. I need to know your feedback, and I want to keep putting this out for you, so I really need your help to get the message out. 
Thank you so, so much for your loyalty and your super kind and sweet words. They mean so terribly much to me. 